0: Google Workers' Announced Plans to Unionize A group of Google workers have announced plans to unionize with the Communications Workers of America, the CWA, and the Alphabet Workers' Union will be open to all employees and contractors at Google's parent company. Its goal will be to tackle ongoing issues like pay disparity, retaliation, and controversial government contracts. This union builds upon years of courageous organizing by Google workers, said Nikki Anzlamo, a Google program manager. From fighting the role names policy to opposing Project Maven to protesting the egregious multi-million dollar payouts that have been given to executives who have committed inappropriate harassment, We've seen firsthand that Alphabet responds when we act collectively. Google's work on Project Maven, an effort to use AI to improve targeted drone strikes, sparked protests among employees who saw the work as unethical. In 2018, the company decided not to renew its contract with the Pentagon. Now here's the thing. I can understand why Google would actually try to work ...on something called Project Maven to use AI to improve targeted drone strikes. Because here's the thing. It's basically at this time, right, a fact of life that governments will use drones to kill people, right? Like, the United States government will use drone strikes, right? Right? So I can understand Google as a company maybe trying to focus on using AI to minimize damage that is going to be done regardless if they're involved or not. Basically trying to minimize the dark side of using drone strikes, right? Minimizing civi- civilian casualties, although honestly I would hope that there would be no civilian casualties, but. This is life, and it's not really a white or black issue. It's a gray area, especially when it comes to military operations. So the company also ended its forced arbitration policy after 20,000 workers staged a walkout to protest former executive Andy Rubin getting a $90 million exit package after he was credibly accused of inappropriate harassment. Now that the union effort is public, organizers will likely launch a series of campaigns to rally votes from Google workers. Prior to the announcement, about 230 Google employees and contractors had signed cards in support of the union. Arranged as a members-only union, the new organization won't seek collective bargaining rights to negotiate a new contract with the company. Instead, the Alphabet Workers' Union will only represent employees who voluntarily join, as reported by the New York Times. That structure will also allow it to represent all employees who seek to participate, including tents, vendors, and contractors, known internally as TVCs, who would be excluded by labor law from conventional collective bargaining. Google contractors have long complained about their unequal treatment compared to full-time staff. While they make up the majority of Google's workforce, they often lack the benefits of salaried employees, which obviously, Google does this purposely. So in 2019, roughly 80 Google contractors in Pittsburgh voted to join the United Steelworkers Union. The Alphabet Workers Union plans to unionize with CWA Local, 1400, which represents workers in Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and California. The news comes one month after the National Labor Relations Board filed a complaint alleging Google illegally fired two workers who were organizing employee protests. The employees, Lawrence Berland and Catherine Spires, were organizing against the company's decision to work with IRI, Consultants, a firm for its anti-union efforts. It also follows the firing of prominent AI ethicist Timnit Gebru in December in a press release announcing the union, the Alphabet Workers' Union wrote. The firing has caused outrage from thousands of us, including black and brown workers who are heartbroken by the company's actions and unsure of their future at Google. Earlier this year, employees at the crowdfunding platform Kickstarter voted to unionize with the Office and Professional Employees International Union, Local 153, as reported by NBC. It was the first time white-collar employees in the tech industry had unionized. Google employees who decide to join are committing 1% of their annual compensation to the union, and the money will go toward paying legal fees and organizing staff. In a statement emailed to The Verge, Kara Silverstein, Director of People Operations at Google, said, We've always worked hard to create a supportive and rewarding workplace for our workforce. Of course, our employees have protected labor rights that we support, but as we've always done, we'll continue engaging directly with all our employees. Ava, the latter company started by two former Apple engineers, has raised an additional 200 million dollars in private investment from Hong Kong hedge fund Sailbra Capital ahead of its debut as a publicly traded company. The Mountain View, California-based startup announced in fall 2020 that it was merging with special purpose acquisition company Interprivate Acquisition Corp. with a post-deal market valuation of 2.1 billion dollars. The new investment from Sabra, which is a current holder of Interprivate Common Stock, brings the total gross proceeds it will have once it begins trading to more than $560 million, according to the company. Ava had previously raised $120 million in private investment in public equity, or P-I-P-E, which is PIPE, including investments from Adage Capital and Porsche SE. Its combined company gross proceeds, a figure that includes $243 million held in trust by InterPrivate, was at $363 million before Sio Bra stepped forward with its additional investment. Importantly, Sio Bra has also entered into a one-year lockup agreement on the majority of its investments and will vote all eligible shares in favor of the transaction. Ava said the merger is expected to close in the first quarter of this year. Ava co-founder and CEO Saroj Salian called the investment a major vote of confidence in the company's business model and growth plans. Ava will use the additional $200 million to further invest into R&D and scale up programs across key verticals in automotive, consumer electronics, and industrial applications, Salian said in an emailed comment to TechCrunch. We've seen an increase in customer interest for our unique 4D LiDAR technology across all these areas in the past few months, and the additional resources will allow us to address this increased demand faster, he said. LiDAR light detection in ranging radar measures distance using laser light to generate a highly accurate 3D map of the road around the car. Ava's founders, Salian and Minna de- developed in what they call a 4D LiDAR which can measure distance as well as instant velocity without losing range, all while preventing interference from the sun or other sensors. The company's FMCW technology also uses less power, allowing it to fold in perception software. LiDAR sensors are widely considered critical to the commercial development of autonomous vehicles. However, the sensors have numerous other use cases that LiDAR companies have begun to pursue, as the road to commercializing autonomous vehicles has turned out to be longer than expected. In the past two years, automakers have begun to view LiDAR as an important sensor to be used to boost boost the capabilities and safety of its advanced driver assistance systems in the new cars, trucks, and SUVs available to consumers. Ava's technology has been primarily developed for use in autonomous vehicles, as well as advanced driving assistance systems, Salian has said this technology is also piquing the interest of those in consumer electronics. Ava is one of the handful of LiDAR companies to issue the traditional IPO path and go public via a SPAC merger. Velodyne and Luminar have also merged with SPACs to become publicly traded companies. LiDAR startup Hauster announced in December that it has agreed to go public through a merger with special-purpose acquisition company, Colonnade Acquisition Corp. Californians waiting for unemployment benefits find accounts frozen over fraud fears. The California Employment Development Department, the EDD, has frozen the accounts of numerous people relying on unemployment benefits to weather the pandemic as it investigates fraud. The EDD said that those affected by the suspended payments will need to have their identity verified before the processing of their claim can resume leaving many uncertain about when they will receive the financial support. Throughout the pandemic, the unemployment fund has been hit by delays and errors in its processing of financial support, as well as widespread fraud. In a tweet on Sunday, the EDD wrote, As part of ongoing efforts to fight fraud, EDD has suspended payment on claims considered high risk and is informing those affected that their identity— will need to be verified starting this week before payments can resume. The ADD also sent out an email to those whose accounts are frozen, saying their claim may be tied to fraudulent activity. One recipient, Mark Brewer, a San Francisco resident and former food delivery driver, who has been on Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, PUA, since March, told Fox News that the suspensions were just incredibly horrible timing. Just so cold. He said that he faced several issues with EDD as he struggled to live on the minimum payment of $167 a week for the last three months. And $167 a week is quite literally nothing, right? In today's age, it's nothing. I think they're doing it because it's a lazy approach and they just want to get rid of the fraud. But at my expense and other people that are obviously not fraudsters, he added. That's a pretty hard... uh, Thing to deal with and California had a very big fraud issue, so I can see why they're trying to do something like this, but completely freezing it doesn't really make sense. Janet Yellen made millions of dollars giving speeches to Wall Street Banks that shall soon regulate. Seems a little bit hypocritical. Jeanette Yellen President elect Joe Biden's pick for Treasury Secretary made more than $7 million in recent years by giving speeches to Wall Street banks, major corporations, and industry groups. Like, I mean, imagine if, like, people just loved who you are so much that you can make multiple seven figures by saying words. Amazing, wouldn't it be? The former chair of the Federal Reserve hauled in nearly $1 million alone in multiple speeches to Citigroup, according to financial disclosure documents filed last week. Since stepping down from the Fed in early 2018, Yellen has also given paid speeches to other companies, including Google, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and Salesforce. It's common for former government officials, including Fed leaders, to make money by giving speeches that share their insights on the economy and policy. However, the disclosure of Yellen's lucrative speaking fees is awkward because she could soon be Biden's point person on the economy and finance. Now, the thing that I have with speeches, right? I mean, there are speakers out there that can make, you know, a whole bunch of money. Let's just take, for example, like Tony Robbins, right? I mean, you probably heard the name Tony Robbins. Now, he's someone that basically can gather an audience whether it be for companies or the public, and sell them tickets and make a crazy amount of money doing that. So to me, I don't understand how someone from the Fed right, could realistically pull in seven figures from companies that, let's face it, won't learn anything from them and most likely don't care about them at all. So anytime someone in government ends up going and making speeches, right, if they didn't do that before going into government, I kind of smell something a little bit fishy, right? Now, I'm not saying or claiming that she's done anything fishy, but anytime you see someone from the government getting paid multiple seven figures from big corporations When they, for the most part, most likely don't care about the person, seems a little bit odd, right? Now, if you were to, like, pay someone like Jocko Willink for, you know, preventing, like, a leadership speech, seven figures or more, to, like, help out the team in, like, leadership roles, I could kind of understand it. I don't really understand how you could pay someone like Jeanette Yellen seven figures for what exactly, right? So if confirmed as Treasury Secretary, Yellen will have enormous sway over everything from taxes and climate to tariffs and government spending. Yellen would also chair a team of U.S. regulators that responds to emerging risks in the financial system. This disclosure dovetails with some broader Democratic concerns regarding the revolving door and the access certain financial services firms have to top policymakers. Isaac, Poltinski, director of policy research at Compass Point Research and Trading, said in an email. The fact that the majority of Yellen's speaking fees were from financial industry could raise concerns that she is too cozy with Wall Street, and I have to agree with that. That seems a little bit fishy, like I said. Yellen listed $952,200 in income from speeches to Citi, one of the nation's largest banks. She also disclosed speaking fees from PIMCO, Barclays, Citadel, BNP Parabas, UBS, Credit Suisse, ING, Standard Chartered Bank, and City National Bank. The next Treasury Secretary making millions off of the biggest banks, PE firms, tech companies, etc. raises serious red flags. The Revolving Door Project, a progressive group that tracks conflicts of public officials, wrote on Twitter. The group called on Yellen to publish in full all of her paid speeches, a disclosure that would explain whether she was merely opinionating on the markets or offering lobbying policy advice. That makes it pretty interesting. Former government officials have been criticized for their post-politics relationships with big banks and corporations. During the 2016 campaign, then-candidate Donald Trump criticized his opponent, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, for making millions of dollars off speeches to banks, security firms, and trade associations. The transcripts of some of those speeches were released by WikiLeaks. The Biden transition team downplayed concerns about Yellen's income from Wall Street and noted that some speeches were moderated or covered by journalists. Take a look at her record on enforcement. This is not someone who pulls punches when it comes to bad actors or bad behavior, a Biden transition official told CNN business. Yellen appealed to some progressives in part because of her crackdown on Wells Fargo. In February 2018, the Yellen-led Fed imposed unprecedented growth restrictions on Wells Fargo, penalties the scandal-ridden bank has yet to recover from. But I mean, that's not really asking for much because Wells Fargo has been doing shady stuff for years now, right? They've been literally caught multiple times doing really shady stuff that banks should not do at all. She didn't hesitate to tell some audience that the rules governing their business should be tougher and more stringent and it could create problems for the economy otherwise, the Biden transition official said. However, transcripts of Yellen's speeches to Wall Street banks have not been made public, and the Biden transition official did not immediately provide specific examples of Yellen. Telling companies that roles may need to be toughened. In a recent letter to ethics officials, the Yellen pledged to take steps to avoid any actual or apparent conflicts of interest if she's confirmed to lead the Treasury Department. See, the thing is, this has already, this can already be viewed as a conflict of interest. That's the problem, right? That's the problem that some people are like seeing this with. Like, obviously, there is going to be a chance whether it be tiny or like a very slim chance that there is some corruption involved when you have someone who's been paid seven figures by massive financial institutions and she's going to lead basically a financial department, right, of the government. So it seems a little bit odd, right? You don't necessarily, you know, employ a burglar as the HOA in the neighborhood, Right. So specifically, Yellen promised that no later than 90 days after confirmation, she will sell her stakes in several major companies, including Pfizer, Raytheon, DuPont, Phillips, and CNN parent at and Now this kind of like is interesting because uh, some of the companies that she has stocks in here, right... Okay, there's just some of these companies being invested in them, like, and you're going into government, kind of makes you look like the swamp, right? Even though she's gonna sell it still, right? Like why are you invested into these companies? And Additionally, Yellen plans to resign from the Washington Speakers' Bureau, which has represented the former Fed chief in paid speeches. Yellen also wrote that for a period of one year after her last speech, She plans to recuse herself from matters related to several companies, including Salesforce, Principal Financial, and Japanese investment bank Daiwa Securities. Yellen says she will not participate personally or substantially in any particular matter unless she is authorized to. But she's not really, you know, talking much about, like, Citibank, where she got paid seven figures. However, Yellen also signaled she will seek written authorization to participate in matters related to other companies. She earned speaking fees from, oh, okay, including Barclays, Citi, Citadel, Credit Suisse, and Goldman Sachs. Analysts said the disclosures are unlikely to derail Yellen's confirmation by the U.S. Senate. Yellen will face questions on these speeches during the confirmation process, but it's difficult to envision this disclosure impacting her odds of becoming Treasury Secretary. Botansky said, the fact is, she did absolutely nothing wrong as she was still cruise to confirmation. Yellen's forms ran 21 pages and included her stamp collection, which was estimated to be worth between $15,001 and $50,000. That's a pretty big uh, disparity. Other former Fed officials have simil- simil- yeah, similarly hauled in lucrative speaking fees after leaving the U.S. Central Bank. For example, Ben Bernarke... To lead the Fed through the 2008 financial crisis made as much as $250,000 per speech at one point. In 2015, Bernardi was hired as a senior advisor to Chicago-headquartered hedge fund firm Citadel, a role he still holds today, which is totally not questionable. Biden's nomination of Yellen has received widespread support including from progressive leaders like Senator Elizabeth Warren. Even some Republicans, such as Senator Chuck Grassley and Senator John Thune, spoke positively about Yellen. Greg Valier, chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments, doubts the speaking fees will prevent Yellen from becoming the first woman to lead the U.S. Treasury Department. She has such a reservoir of goodwill on Capitol Hill that she will easily win confirmation, the leader said. Now, I st- Honestly, I think it's kind of odd that progressives aren't really fighting against this to uh, a large extent, right? Because she's not really a progressive in the terms of like she's basically someone who's super close to Wall Street, right? she probably will actually help out a lot of Wall Street banks. Even though it might not be blatant, there's a good chance that she will, right? So I'm just kind of surprised that people aren't fighting against this a little bit stronger or making a bigger stink of this because it does kind of seem a little bit fishy in this whole situation. I mean, feel free to give your thoughts if you end up watching this or listen to this. Feel free to do your own research about her. But the thing is, the whole thing about speeches, is this isn't really an uncommon occurrence for people in high ranks of government, which honestly should kind of scare you, right? Because yeah, she made about what seven million dollars before she ended up becoming, you know, part of the whole government thing. But almost every high, high-level government official right, including presidents like Obama, Clinton, probably will be Trump as well. They're all going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, more like DECA or centennial million dollar paychecks over like a length of time from just speaking engagements after their time in government, which is scary, right? Like, you never want to see a government official literally make tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars after they leave government, like right after they leave government from speaking fees or from a charity, right? Because we all know those charities aren't really a charity. <laughs> a day before Georgians head to the polls to decide control control the Senate, President-elect Joe Biden sought to cast the election as a choice between immediate stimulus relief or months of gridlock, promising that victory by Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff would mean $2,000 stimulus checks would be sent out immediately. Which, can you believe this? Probably not, but this kind of seems odd that, you know, you're trying to say, like, oh yeah, if these two get voted in you will immediately get a $2,000 check. Seems kind of like bribing. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, and do you want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Get a free stock worth up to $500 by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account and automate your investing with Acorns down in the description below.